She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode and we have Jane Hogan, the wellness engineer. And today we're talking all about healing your body. If you've tried all the diets and you still have pain and inflammation, maybe you are tired, you have no energy, you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired and you know your body is telling you it's time to put you first, then today's episode is for you. So welcome, Jane. Well, Chantel, thank you so much for having me here. I I love talking about pain and more more talk of talking about getting over pain, right? Because that's really what we want to do and live our life to the fullest again. Well, I have a lot of blisters now. I have psoriatic arthritis, and I know that you have you had at one point um, rheumatoid arthritis, and I want to know how you reverse rheumatoid arthritis naturally because I actually um, I finally because of my arthritis. Uh, was getting so bad. I finally went to the doctor and he was like, Chantel, you really need to get on methotrexate. You need to get on this and get on that. And I just like looked at him and I was like, there is no chance. Like I literally do not even take Tylenol when I'm in massive amounts of pain. So I probably take Tylenol I used to say I take it about four times a year. I would say I'm probably up to about 10 times a year, which is not even once a month. Um, Considering how much pain I'm in, I'm just such an anti-medicine person. Um, So I want to hear about your story. How did you reverse rheumatoid arthritis naturally? Uh, I totally get you because I never wanted to take anything. I mean, I didn't know what it was in the beginning. It just came on very suddenly after a lot of stress. Within three months, I was, you know, went from healthy and strong and vibrant to barely able to walk, not able to make a fist, no grip strength, and really just kind of wanting wanting to be done because I didn't know what was going on. But um, yeah, I once I found out and I got the diagnosis, it was rheumatoid arthritis. I, I was already kind of trying some natural things because my doctor told me, like my my allopathic doctor had told me that uh, foods could sometimes be linked to joint pain. I was like, what? Food? What kind of food? Like, how does that affect your joints? I mean, this was uh seven years ago. So we weren't talking about that quite as much then. So I started with foods and and it really helped a lot. Gluten, dairy, sugar. I just cut them out cold turkey and it did help like reduce the inflammation a lot in the beginning. And so I was like, okay, now I'm empowered, right? There's something I can do. And I started learning more about um, like functional medicine and so on. Just like you, the doctors were saying, you have to take methotrexate. And I was like, I read, like you have probably read the side effects. And I'm like, I don't want to go that route unless I have to. So I just kind of started working with a whole lot of lifestyle changes. But it really wasn't until I really addressed some of it, like regulating my nervous system, what was going on in my brain, what kind of uh, subconscious belief patterns did I have? 
had a whole lot of that that I worked on. So we can unpack as much of that as you want to. Yeah. So first, before we go there, I want to talk about just your healing journey as far as your quest for health for, you said you cut out gluten, cut out dairy and cut out sugar. Um, So give me kind of like a day in the life of, first of all, is there anything else that you cut out? That's a huge, huge cut is the dairy, the gluten and the sugar. But um, like, do you eat coconut sugar? Do you have fruit? Kind of talk about what is the day in the life of your eating look like? Well, you know, really now, I mean, I went through with all those elimination diets and things like that. And I actually developed orthorexia, you know, like a fear of like, I can only eat healthy food or else I'm going to have a flare. And I feel like that actually causes stress and stress results in inflammation. It's, you know, it causes a, a, a chemical cascade in our body <clears throat> resulting in inflammation. So, Uh, So I think whatever you do, you need to come at it from like a loving and a peaceful kind of way and eat peacefully, love what you're eating while you're eating it. So there's all of that. But in terms of a a day in the life now, I just really focus on eating quality food, eating real food. I don't, I hardly eat anything that comes from a package, not very much. And I check the ingredients really carefully. Um, and I still don't really eat gluten. I can have some dairy now. It doesn't bother me too much. Um, and uh, like I don't have sugar, but I do have some fruit. But I really don't eat a ton of fruit. I tend to think of it more like a treat as opposed to, you know, the, the main <laughs> the main thing. The, the main star is really vegetables. And then the proteins, quality proteins. So I really try to have like the grass-fed. Uh, the wild and pasture, that kind of thing. You know, you mentioned this orthorexia. And for those of you who have never heard that term, I love that term. And if you've never heard of it, it's basically an obsession with eating foods that you think are healthy. So if you think they're healthy, and then if at any time you, let's say, go to a party and you're like, oh my gosh, there's nothing healthy for me to eat. I'm starving. I can't eat this. Now you're just stressing about it. You start looking at other people. If they're eating anything unhealthy, you're like, you know, kind of giving them the evil eye. Um, And I, I don't think we talk about that enough, but I think it's actually what you just said was really powerful because I wouldn't say that I have orthorexia, um, but I would say that because I know that if I eat something that doesn't align with me, like God forbid I had gluten, I feel so bad that it's just not worth it for me. Like I literally feel so, so sick. And, you know, the last couple of days I haven't been feeling well. And it, I think it's because I've been adding a little bit of dairy back in. And when you're not eating gluten, you're not eating dairy. I think I just was eating a little bit too much fruit, a little bit of dairy. And it is what it is. Like, I just have to say to myself, my body just doesn't, it doesn't do well with it. So it's like, I'm not feeling good. Well, it's kind of like self-inflicted because it's like, I'm the one who put the dairy in my body knowing darn well, I don't feel good if I eat it. 
And, you know, don't beat yourself up about it, right? It's just like, be kind to yourself and say, okay, well, this is a learning. This is a learning lesson for me, right? That those don't serve me right now. And I, I should say to Chantel that I, when I was more inflamed than I, I mean, I'm not inflamed now, but when I was inflamed and when, when, when it's active, we probably have some, you know, leaky gut summer part of the time, which means we are automatically going to be inflamed by certain foods and foods that we're eating because the immune system gets triggered, right? As with leaky gut, because the foods that you're eating leak in and your, your immune system is like, what is this? And starts to, you know, mount a campaign. So when you are in flood, like when you're trying to heal, I think you need, do need to be a little bit more careful about what you're having. Um, but I but know that it's not going to be forever. So that's the thing. It's, for, it's a for now thing. So for now, the best thing for me is to eat the foods that I know serve me well. Right. So, um, and it's sort of really, really feeling compassionate and love for yourself and also for your body that it's, it's giving you a message, right? It's all, it's all information. So that's another reason why I never like to have the painkillers either is because pain is information and, uh, it's a, it's a way your body communicates with you. So if you try to stifle that and cover it up, then you're not, you're missing out on the information. So I kind of see it as information. So, um, so like almost, it's hard to be thankful for pain, I know, but almost feel like grateful that your body's giving you a signal, right? It's giving you a signal and it's trying to speak in the way, the language that it knows you'll pay attention to. You guys, I'm so excited. We are doing a free masterclass for you. It's actually on nontoxicfamily.com slash masterclass. That's nontoxicfamily.com slash masterclass. And it's going to be all about how to get rid of your gut infections, how to get rid of parasites. If you have painful digestion, if you're suffering from poor sleep, if you've got constant exhaustion, massive joint pain, or skin issues, then you need to get rid of the parasites that are holding your body hostage. I'm going to tell you right now, you're thinking, I don't have parasites. I don't have parasites. Yes, you do. I have Crystal with me. Crystal, tell them your joke. Yeah. If you have a pulse, then you have a parasite or more. And the thing about parasites is they're sneaky. And even if they came back negative on a stool test that you did before, that doesn't matter. They can still be present. And so on this masterclass, we're going to teach you all the tips and tricks that you might have heard of but didn't know how to use, like diatomaceous earth, pumpkin seed protocols, garlic and berberine and black walnut, because you can't do all of these things, but you need to select a few that work for you. So we're going to go through all of that in this masterclass. All right. And my son created a new site. It's called Non-Toxic Family. And if you're not following, go to nontoxicfamilynow.com or on Facebook, go to Non-Toxic Family. You'll see my son he does all these great videos on how to be healthy. They're really great. And we actually put the mat free masterclass on this site. So it's nontoxicfamily.com slash masterclass and sign up for free. Look forward to seeing you guys. So tell me what are some of the things practically that people can do to live pain-free? Like give us some practical things. We know break up with sugar, get rid of uh, gluten, get rid of dairy. Let's say someone's already done that. Mm -hmm. What are some other practical tips that you teach? 
Mm, yeah, a lot of the people that come to me have already done those things and they're still <laughs> they're still in pain and like they're going, why? And that's where I was too. Why? I've done all the things that I've taken the supplements. I've got a supplement graveyard and I, you know, did all the diets and everything. So I mean, really a big part of it is nervous system regulation, as I said. Um, so the nervous system can be in one of two states. Basically, it's the fight fight fight, flight, fear state, which is the sympathetic state, or the rest and digest repair state, which is the parasympathetic state. We cannot heal unless we're in that parasympathetic state. So I kind of think of it as anything you can do throughout the day that gets yourself into a relaxed state is going to help. It could be just sitting down and thinking about what you're grateful for. It could be, um, you know, appreciating something that you're seeing outside. It could be just noticing your breath. It could be meditation. It could be dancing, if you like dancing, or whatever art, what are singing. So anything that you that brings you, makes you feel relaxed. I kind of think of it, Chantel, like if you've got a whole day, we want to make a completely full pearl necklace. So we try to fit, fit as many of those pearls in as we can throughout the day. And then eventually you'll have a full necklace, which is when you're in that relaxed state and the body can heal in that state. So our job is to, um, is to really get ourselves in a state of mind that's going to allow the nervous system to relax. And there's other tools as well. I mean, you probably heard, there's tons, right? Tapping is another way to relax the nervous system. You know, massage, um, Tai Chi, Qigong, you know, all these yoga, there's different ways, but everybody's different as well. So you find the things that work for you and just try to Get yourself into that state as much as possible. And that's probably like one of the most powerful things. Mm. I love what you said about like, if you want to heal, you need to practice those techniques to activate the parasympathetic nervous system and lower that stress. So um, what when this weekend, it's so funny, my husband took me on a little retreat down at the beach, we did like a staycation. Oh, I nice. three massages in a 24 hour period because we went to the spa and then kind of had dinner and then went back to this box. He's like, you've just got to relax, Chantel. And one of the things that the massage therapist said to me, he was one of these like very like into breathing. And uh -huh. so he kept like breathing with me. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone and get a massage and like he was actually breathing and he, like, he would breathe and like trying to get me to breathe. And he, we were done with the massage and he said to me, he said, you breathe like a scared squirrel. That's what he said to me. And I started laughing and I was like, oh my gosh. And it just stuck with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really do need to work on my breathing. So do you have some like breathing techniques so people don't sound or they don't breathe like a scared squirrel? Oh my gosh, I teach breath work, right? Because it's one of a, such a powerful tool. So yeah, people in pain tend to breathe shallow, right? And breathe quickly. And then that 
that activates the sympathetic state of the nervous, that, that, you know, fight flight state, right? When we're breathing up here and we're not breathing down low. So yes, I love to teach breath work. So the, the, the most basic thing to start with is just trying to belly breathe. So just depending on where people are. So the little trick that I love for belly breathing, Chantel, is to start with an exhale because I was like you. I was a I was a chest breather and people would say, breathe into your belly. I'm like, I, I can't, like I, I can't get there. I didn't know how to get there. So just put your hands on your belly. Okay. And then exhale and pull your pull your belly back towards your spine as you exhale. Okay. Now inhale, push the belly out. Oh no, you mean inhale to to blow your belly out? Because when I I would think with yeah, see again yeah, because exhale. I get confused. Exhale, so, right? Exhale as you pull your belly back towards your spine. Now inhale, inflate your belly like a balloon. Oh, and. Exhale, push the belly back towards the spine. So you're, it's like coming in, right? So exhale, inhale, exhale. And that makes sense. I've never thought of it that way. I think I'm doing it reverse. Now that you showed me that, now, if you're listening to this, you guys need to watch it because I think I've always been, when I inhale, I actually suck my stomach in. And what you're saying is to do the opposite. Exactly. Exactly. So when you're inhaling, you should be blowing, your stomach should pop out. Wow, no wonder I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Oh my gosh, this could have just changed your life. <laughs> no wonder I, why he said I was a scared squirrel. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so funny because I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Probably because I don't breathe. <laughs> In general, I, you know, I very much... I don't spend a lot of time with breathing exercises. So what do you suggest to people as far as like how much, how long they're breathing? Like just in general, I mean, you can't just, you know, do breath work all day, right? So what would you say is like a reasonable amount of time to do breath work and um, any tips on that? I love that question. I love that question. So. Yeah, we we need to change habits, right? So habits take practice, right? Because you've got to build in the muscle memory because you've got a muscle memory now that's opposite, right, of what you want. So my suggestion is usually to start with, if you can, three minutes, three times a day. So just set a timer for three minutes. If you can't do three minutes, do like 10 breaths, you know, something like that. So, but just set a time when you're going to practice and it's, all habits are easier when you have a have a something that you already do that triggers you to do this. So something you're already doing, and then it will trigger you to do this. So um, if you eat three times a day, maybe you do it right before you eat. And that's a great time to do it because you're getting yourself into the rest and digest state, right? To help you digest your food so that you can absorb your nutrients. 
Um, another, so you could do it three times right before you eat or another great time to do it is like when you wake up in the morning before you get out of bed, because you can do it lying down, put your hands on your belly, lying down. You really feel the movement of your belly and just do it for like 10 breaths or so. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, one during one meal or right before one meal. And then again, when you go to bed at night, when you're lying down before you go to sleep and it'll help relax your mind too, right? Rest, digest. So it helps prepare your mind for sleep. So three times a day, I'd love to give your audience a gift if you, if you want it. Sure. Yeah. I did. I'm not sure if I sent you a link already. But I can send you a link for a gift for... I can put it in the show notes. I can put it yeah. in the show notes. That'd be okay, great. So I'd, like, I'd like to give you and your audience a gift. It's a, it's a little like five-day course on breathing for healing. And I teach the basics of belly breathing and then breathing, counted breath, and then um, a heart-focused breathing as well. Wow. Let me talk to you about kind of the biggest trend that I'm seeing right now. And it's talking about taping your mouth at night when you go to sleep. And so all these people are like, look, I'm getting the best sleep ever. And all I'm doing, I'm waking up more refreshed and energized. And all I'm doing is mouth taping. And what they're doing is literally putting tape across their mouth. There's there's these different brands. I think there's one called Hostage Tape and all these different ones. And their whole idea is that mouth breathing is the root of all evil and that it sounds weird when you think about it, but that your body actually is a fan of nose breathing and they kind of say like nose breathing rocks, mouth breathing sucks and that that is kind of the most, the best way and you need kind of a strong, comfortable mouth tape that you can put on. Have you tried it or what's your thoughts on that? Oh yeah. I talk about, I talk about that as well. So yeah, this is like just a 3M, uh, micro pore tape and it's, you know, it's, it's not like, like, uh, you know, going to stay on, you know, it, it'll come off if you need it to come off, but the whole, this is another like muscle memory thing. The nose helps filter the air. It, it pressurizes the air the right way. It gets it at the right temperature. And also, when you breathe through your nose, you uh, make nitric oxide, which dilates, it dilates like uh, the, um, your blood vessels, it dilates the airway, so you actually get more oxygen. So it's way more efficient to breathe in through your nose and through your mouth. So this is a huge thing. Um, actually changes like the structure of your mouth, your palate and everything. So that's another thing people could try. So if you may know that you're a mouth breather, if you snore, um, if you wake up with a dry mouth, then you could also, that could be a sign that you're mouth breathing. So yeah, just kind of practice putting it over your mouth and you go to sleep and then it will help you breathe. Now, obviously if someone's got a long way to go, like if they're they may not be able to do that, but it's something to try for sure. But just consciously breathing through your nose throughout the day, if you notice that your mouth is open, close your mouth. I try to even like run and do exercise with my mouth closed. And it's almost like it 
it's almost like training at altitude because <laughs> it's forcing your forcing your body to um, to create more oxygen. And so you get way more oxygen breathing through your nose. Well, yeah. And I feel like the one thing for me is I do get a dry mouth at night. And so I've heard that that mouth taping will decrease your dry mouth. So you aren't searching for water like you're in the Sahara Desert. And it also improves your dental health. So I I have not tried it yet. This is my new hack that I'm going to try. And I'm going to say, so do you do it every night or some nights? I I don't do it every night now. Um, and I I'm not a mouth breather, so uh, I didn't really feel like I needed to. But I think in some ways, like even the fact that you go to bed, you put this on, it's kind of just creating that awareness that would help you throughout the day as well. To you know, remind your body would get then get used to breathing through the nose more than the mouth. But I'm looking at you right now. Your mouth is closed, right? So you're breathing through. Which is good. Yeah. So just practicing that each day then, right? Every day kind of saying, okay, how can I do this more? Yeah. I mean, we sometimes just need tools to help us get out of the habits that aren't serving us the best. But that's a we're breathing anyway, right? So why not use the breath to help you get out of pain? And it sounds funny, but I, I also teach like breathing techniques to lower pain in specific areas of the body too, just by using your imagination and imagining the breath is kind of going through that area. Um, that's every time I do that with people, they say, oh my gosh, I don't like my pain. I get them to rate their pain out of 10 before and then afterwards. And it always drops down, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. So give us some of the top techniques that you suggest to people to activate their parasympathetic nervous system. Would you say like, you know, obviously there's so many. I know for me, some of the ones that I do is number one is getting a massage or taking a hot bath or putting on relaxing music, maybe going in the sauna, stretching um, could do it for me. Maybe I've tried a little bit of acupuncture um, and that's been kind of helping or maybe kind of like writing in a journal. Is there any that you would say like, these are kind of the top three or five things that really help reduce stress? Mm. I think the breath is number one because you've always got it with you, right? It's absolutely portable. So I love starting with the breath. Um, And then I... Um, visualizations, like kind of monitoring what you're thinking about, right? So uh, visualizations of like calm and peace, things like that are helpful. And um, how do you talk to yourself? So this monitoring your your thoughts, how do you talk to yourself? What's, what's that little voice? You've always got that running commentary kind of voice um, going. So Sometimes they want to stop that just to have like a peace, peace and stillness. So you can do that with the breath, with meditation, um, but also changing those. So um, in like I, one thing I used to do in, in the beginning when I was really, I mean, rheumatoid arthritis is not the greatest diagnosis, right? There's supposedly no cure. And, and so I could really go into a fear state just even thinking about that. So I used to use affirmations a lot and say things like, I'm a healing machine. I'm just getting started. 
every day in every way, my body is healing. I am an example of what's possible. So I had all these health affirmations that I used to say over and over again. And then I was like reprogramming my my mind too, because our subconscious mind creates and runs our body. So, because uh, I say create because our cells are turning over all the time, but those cells are all listening to, is it safe or is it not safe? So I have to keep giving messages of safety. So that's another one. Gosh, there's so many. Um, you mentioned music. That is beautiful as well. I love music that's calming um, or even music that makes me want to dance. For me, dancing is a fun thing, right? And uh, tapping is another really useful tool. Have you talked about tapping on your show before? No, I haven't. But one thing that someone mentioned to me that she said was really powerful, and I've never tried it, is ear seeds. Have you ever tried ear seeds? Do you know what that is? I don't even know what that is. It's basically like, it's kind of like acupuncture or acupressure. And they're little tiny seed, like, oh, I have seen that you put on your ears and you put them like, it's basically like acupuncture, but do it yourself. Yeah. And you just put them on your ears and it it has like a chart. You can actually buy it from Amazon and they have like a kit that comes with charts and it tells you exactly where to put the ear seeds because they're little things and they're supposed to really kind of help calm you down. I've never tried it before. I haven't tried that, but it makes sense to me. I've had acupuncture on my ear before, you know, on the needles of my ear. And the the ear like represents the entire body and has all those uh, meridian points. So, I mean, that, that could work. I mean, really though, we need to understand how to create, create it ourselves and maintain it. I, I feel like a lot of those things work while they're there, but we need to come back to who we are and that peace and calm that is our birthright that's kind of been taken away from us with our lifestyle and with our conditioning and all of those things. And really, I think that that when I look at it, I mean, I did a whole summit on um, pain and the root causes of pain. And I've got a podcast as well, Wellness by Design, where I interview people about pain. And it seems to me like there's some environmental things that a lot of it is stress and that's our perce- our perception of what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so I think in the end, it's really us. We have to, we, we have to do everything we can to create an environment and there's physical things we can do, but we need to address that, like the soul, spirit, emotional part of us, the mind and the mind and spirit part where we're getting that calm. And, and so that when we do that, this physical body can actually heal. I want to talk to you guys about stress for just a second. And I feel like I've been just juggling so many responsibilities, the endless to-do list. And I'm telling you, stress slowly infiltrates your life and it robs you of magnesium. So it's a vital mineral for your body. And it's this vicious stress magnesium deficiency cycle. So it's like number one, stress strikes, then your body loses magnesium then your sleep is kind of plummeted and then more magnesium escapes your body. So I want to tell you magnesium breakthrough, it has seven forms of magnesium, which is really, really important. 
Most of them have one or two forms. I take two before bedtime every single night. If I forget it, I then can't sleep as well. So if you look at my sleep scores, they are amazing. That is one thing I really have dialed in. And I want you to go to magbreakthrough.com slash wasteaway. Click on wasteaway for 10% off any order. And we have several people for a limited time only that are going to receive special gifts with purchase. So it's only available at magbreakthrough.com slash wasteaway. I want to... I want to say something on that because what you said was really powerful when you said it's the perceived stress and really for, I've heard some of my friends sometimes like they'll say things to me and I'm like, how's it going? And they're like, I am so stressed right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, tell me what's going on. And when they tell me what is going on, I'm thinking in my mind, this is not a big deal at all. Like, I can't even believe that you're stressed about this. And it's something like really kind of silly. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I'll kind of talk them through, you know, like, well, tell me, you know, how does this make you feel and try to be compassionate and all of that. But I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm sure I tell them stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed because of A, B, C, and D. And they're probably thinking, like, that is really not that big of a deal. Why are you stressed about this? Like, this is nothing. And what you said is the perception or your perceived stress. And so if you perceive it to be like a level 10, my grandmother is going to be 102 years old. Um, wow. I and the woman really does not worry. I've never met anyone who does not worry like her. And you could see, I mean, that's how you can live to 102, right? Because she really kind of anything that is stressful, she talks herself out of being stressed. Like, okay, well, what's stress going to do? What, what, what is me worrying about it? She kind of has some little tips that she does for herself. And when I ask her, she'll be like, okay, in in six months, is this really going to matter? Or in a year, is this really going to matter? And all these little things that we worry about, most of them never even come to fruition, <laughs> you know? So um, I love the breath work that you talk about. I think that that is just so, so important. What else mentally are you kind of doing and kind of walking people through to say, Okay, let's let's talk them off the ledge because the things that I'm hearing you say that are the most powerful, like breath work being number one, that's free. Yeah, it's all free. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, another one that's super helpful, you know, we talked about the stress and the perceived stress. So um, I love to say, get out of the story of whatever it is that's triggering you, whether it's, whether it's a pain or whether it's, you know, something going on in your life, get get out of kind of just like say, acknowledge, like I'm safe, like, okay, I'm upset, but I'm safe. Right. Really, most of us are not, not safe. Uh, You know, maybe there's some crazy situations, but generally most of the stress that we're experiencing, it's not really making us unsafe. So like in this moment, I like to say this a lot of time is in, in this moment, I'm safe. 
right? Mm. And then to get out of the story of it, I just say, um, so I teach the energy codes by Dr. Sue Mortar. Um, and one of the tools in that is take it to the body. So what we do is get out of the story and notice where am I feeling that in my body? And a lot of us may not even know because we're so disassociated from our body. But for me, like the so that solar plexus area is where I tend to feel stress. Um, I mean, just think about it right now. Think about something that is stressing you. Okay, so get yourself, I don't usually say this, get yourself stressed. <laughs> and now notice where you feel it in your body. Can you feel it in your body somewhere? Like, is it in your Yes, body? I feel it in my head. In your head? Okay. My neck. My head and my neck. Okay, yeah, that's that's a common one. So now, now just imagine um, that that area that you're feeling it is um, it. Just imagine that it was like a small child or a pet, and you you could hug it from the inside. So imagine that you're hugging it from the inside, and just a feeling of like cherishing, um, compassion, caring for it. Like, uh, okay, I hear you. I'm listening. I got you now. I got you now. So it's that's fine. And the breath of work that we were talking about, just imagine as you're breathing that you're you're breathing into that area. So or breathing through it. Like even your neck, I might even imagine like a kind of like back and forth, like inhaling through it one way, exhaling the other way. Inhaling. So just imagine, just make it up your imagination. Imagine that the breath, or it could be this way too, right? Or in all directions. So it should, could be like back and forth this way, or all directions, like you're radiating out as you exhale, pulling into your neck as you inhale with a loving feeling. I got you now. I notice. I hear you. Well, I think you're. Your voice is so calming. So you have just a very calming voice and you have a very calming energy about you, which is just either do you do you teach yoga classes yourself? Yeah. Like you, I was gonna say if you don't, you should because you kind of have that energy and that vibe just comes through you. Well, we are out of time. I'd love for you to tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Well, my website is thewellnessengineer.com. I'm on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. I think all those, if you search The Wellness Engineer, you should find me, but my handle is at Jane Hogan Health. And uh, I'd love to connect with people there. And um, yeah. I'll and you have to put it in the chat. Well, I'm not in the chat. We'll type in the show notes your free gift for your for your breath work as well. So thank yeah. you so much for that. Well, it's been amazing having you on the show. You guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.